and welcome to the Listen Louder podcast, a place to have open and honest conversations around mental health. I'm Megan Gilbride, the host, and each week I'll be discussing various mental health topics with my guests. For the best experience, try listening on the Entel app, where you'll be able to see and access links to exactly what we're talking about. Today's guest is one of my favourite women on the internet, Estee. Uh, She's a published author, jewellery designer, beauty expert and downright beautiful human. Oh my god! (laughs) (laughs) She's been my girl crush since she started beauty blogging and it is the biggest pleasure to have her on the Listen Louder podcast. (gasps) Thank you so much! (laughs) I wasn't expecting an intro like that. Well, thank you for coming, (laughs) I really appreciate it. So I know you've spoken online recently about how difficult you do find it talking about your experience with anxiety, depression, just mental health in general. Um, So I do really appreciate you coming on. No, I'm ready. I'm absolutely ready for it. I'm going to speak as honestly as I can. Today. <laughs> so do we do you think we could start with a little bit of background about when you first moved to the UK yeah and how that affected you because I remember in your book Bloom which you I read loved, my book yeah I, I finished it in like two hours major it's throwback so I always say that book didn't age very well but Why? It's fine. I oh I know. love it I think it's, it's great. from a past life but yes thank important you. to document those yes. things so and I remember you saying that the saying goes that you should do one thing a day that scares mm-hmm. you, but coming to England was like doing 50 things a day that terrified you. Yeah. So yeah, if you wouldn't mind talking a little bit about your experience. Well, basically, I, I for those listening who don't know, I moved to the UK when I was 19. I fell in love back in the day and was like, okay, yeah, I'll of course move to the UK to be with this person. And actually, I wasn't super nervous really beforehand. It was more when I got here, I realized, you know, I really was very very far away from my family and I felt like I didn't have much support I didn't have any friends I only knew him so it was kind of um, a struggle as far as just feeling supported I suppose and it was all very new to me and I grew up in suburban Canada so it was just everything was new and that brought a lot of anxiety to my life I had always had anxiety one of the first times I remember experiencing it I was uh, a teenager in high school but before that I had experienced more signs of depressive behavior as really really young and I didn't even know it was possible for like kids to be depressed but I I literally was. So I had always kind of just thought that I was a little more low-key than the rest of my friends and people were like you're so chill I'm like actually I'm just severely depressed. Um, But it was up it was up and down and it still is very very up and down but those first two years that I lived in the UK away from my family were definitely some of the most um, anxiety inducing years for me. Yeah I think it's such a big change yeah. and to do it for someone as well totally. like for yourself yes. because you wanted to but like to make that change and to come here yes. not knowing anyone or had you visited the UK before no I'd never even wow. been to Europe so it was I moved to the UK with just two suitcases and kind of that was it my goodness yeah and I didn't have 
any money. That was the other thing. Like, I didn't have the security of like, well, I can just go home whenever I want. I didn't have the money to pay for tickets to fly home to Canada, you know? So, and, and neither did my family really. So it was, I really did feel a sense of being trapped almost. And I didn't really have any sense of purpose here. I was at university, but I was just studying online through distance learning through my Canadian school. And I felt like I was always comparing my old life to my new life. And it just, I felt very lost during that time. It feels like yesterday, but it feels like forever ago. It was almost nine or 10 years ago now. Well, it feels like it's weird because I kind of only really know you through the internet. And it feels really strange that it feels like you've been in the UK for a really long time (laughs) now. Like that it, does it feel like it is your home now? Yes, I love the UK. Obviously, when my ex-boyfriend and I broke up recently, uh, maybe almost two years ago now, I was kind of faced with this decision of, should I stay in the UK or should I go back to Canada or should I live in New York? Or well, I, don't, I had no idea what I was doing. But I started really thinking about it. And yeah, I spent pretty much all of my 20s in the UK. So it was kind of like my home. And I couldn't really imagine living anywhere else. Sorry, my jewelry is like jingling in the mic if you're wondering what that is. Yeah, (laughs) very on brand for me. Uh, But yeah, so I was just kind of lost for a little while. And then I was like, no, I think I think London is my home. And I always say London's my favorite city in the world. I I love I love London. And you enjoy living in I I would not want to live anywhere else. I really wouldn't. For a minute there, I thought New York was going to be the one Mm. because it's a big city, you know, great career opportunities. It was closer to my family. But then ultimately I was like, no, (laughs) London is just the best for me. And what kind of made you make the decision? Like, obviously it was because you'd you'd fallen in love and and you wanted to be in the UK with that person. Mm -hmm. But how... How did you find the courage to do that? Because I don't I don't know that I could, well, could do that. Well, like I said, like I wasn't that nervous about actually moving. I think when you're 19 or like 18, 19, you're you're just you're stupid. You're not you're not <laughs> jaded like I am now, you know. It's I was a different person. I was just a little more free and I didn't have any responsibilities really. Mm. So I was just like, well, if not now, when? And I was very in love. And I just thought, well, if I don't try it, I'm always going to regret it. I'm so thankful that I did. I feel like I've lived here for like nine years, but I've I've did like 30 years of growing seriously. Yeah. I've, you know, had experiences through my job and everything that I, I couldn't have fathomed. And it's all because I kind of made that move. So I'm very happy that I did it. Yeah, everything does happen yes, for a reason. That's what I they definitely say. believe in that. So you were saying very briefly just before that you have always kind of struggled with your mental health. Do you think that your anxiety is what sparked your depression or or vice versa? Because you said that when you were little that you even kind of had feelings of depression. I really don't even understand my own mental health, which is part of my problem probably. But it does run in my family. I remember my mom, and she won't mind me saying this, but like, you know, taking her medicine and me saying like, mom, what are you taking? And she's like, these are my happy pills, you know, things like that. And I never really understood what it meant. But then as I got older, I was like, okay, maybe I need happy (laughs) pills. But I remember just always feeling a little sad. I don't know how to explain it. It's But then equally, I was a very happy kid most of the time. But there was just Mm. certain lulls in my childhood and in my life where I just, the way my best friend put it the other day is when I'm happy, I'm super happy, but I can go very low. And it's 
it's just a, it's hard to keep that balance. But as far as if the anxiety kind of spurs on the depression, I definitely think they're linked. Mm-hmm. And I notice now, especially if I'm not taking care of myself in certain ways, like if I'm not eating well, if I'm not exercising, if I'm not being social, if I'm just kind of noticing myself closing in and spending a little too much time in my head, mm-hmm. that's when things can really take a turn for me. Yeah. But equally, I will say that a lot of people, and I'm not sure if you've spoken about this on your podcast, but a lot of people think depression and anxiety just kind of, it sucks you in, which it does, but I'm still very productive. Mm. Um, And I think that's the, the most, the thing that's maybe not spoken about that much is how exhausting it is because I can't just quit my job and lay in bed all day you know although some days I absolutely feel like it but I still have a lot of responsibilities and I still do those things but I just feel like I'm constantly trudging through mud that's the only way I can really explain it but yeah obviously some days I have good days good days and bad days so do you feel like you're kind of living with it in in terms of you experience depression you experience anxiety yes and and some of us can kind of have a period of time where it's managed right or do you feel like you're still very much in the thick of it or it's it's really hard because just when I feel like I've kind of got it under control something else will happen like I'll cry if I talk about my dog (laughs) which is fine I'm I'm fine with crying but yeah when I lost my dog I was like I just had it together. Reggie, come on, bro. Why you got to do me like this? (laughs) But yeah, so then something like that will happen and totally skew everything in in just like a, it's just crazy because your whole routine changes, your Mm -hmm. whole life changes. And I'm like, well, what am I going to do now? It kind of pulls the rug out from underneath Totally. And I live alone. That's the other thing. So I need to get another dog. I know you're a dog lover, so that's what I, I said am. to my mom. I'm getting another dog. I can't take this shit. It's it definitely has like massively helped my mental health having yeah. the dogs yes. because I think it it forces a routine. Yes, and they're just they are the best. They're just the they? best. They are. I could I could talk about dogs all day. So yeah, I said when Reggie passed, I was like, I'm never getting another dog. Nothing could ever compare. Mm. But it's been like almost three months now, and I'm like, I have got to get a dog, or I'm going to. lose it yeah so I'm really excited about getting another dog obviously but that's good that you can kind of see the benefits that it has for you yes and it it does massively help mental health I think yeah because it gives you a purpose as well that you can sometimes feel you're lacking but back to your question which was kind of like am I managing it and am I living with it I I always struggle because people are like I don't want to define myself as being depressed or having anxiety which I understand that. I actually really do. And sometimes I wonder if because I label myself with these things, I just wake up and I'm already in that mindset. I don't really know how to go about that. But the fact of the matter is, yes, I am predisposition to those things. And that's how I'm looking at it. And so I need to look out for the signs and I need to do those things that I mentioned earlier that are going to make me feel healthier. And I said in a recent video that I put up about how like something like cardio helps me so much, which is mm. why I don't know why I don't do it, but I'm lazy and I hate cardio. <laughs> I hate cardio. You know? <laughs> it's the worst. <laughs> it's the worst, but it's also kind of the best for me. So, you know, it's it's kind of just taking accountability and just you know, like any sort of illness, managing Mm. it. If I was diabetic, you know, I would do certain things to manage that. So I just think 
ultimately it's taking responsibility a bit for yourself and I do take medication but I just feel like that kind of takes the edge off yeah that takes the edge off for me but I think there are other things more holistic things that I I can and should be doing more Mm. of yeah and do you think that speaking about it openly has helped more because I know it was a you've said before it was a long time before you actually spoke out to anyone about feeling the way you did I think part of the reason why I didn't talk about it was because I didn't think anyone would care. I was like, why is anyone going to want to listen to all my problems? And also, I think online and having a job online pretty much since I was 19, people already think I'm privileged, which I am. So I don't want to start complaining about anything. That's so rough though, I isn't know, it? It yeah. actually is. But I don't want to be like, I'm living this really amazing life and look at all these free beauty products I get sent that you're always like talking about and, and you know, or whatever it is. And I'm, I get to travel and this and that. But equally, I'm really suffering from this, this and this mm. because people are like, I just thought they'd be like, boo-hoo, boo-hoo. And I never want to be that person who's moaning because I am a silver linings kind of gal. But when I did finally share it, I found it helped me. I don't know if it helped me so much personally because I talk about my mental health with my friends and my family, especially my mom, all the time. So I didn't feel like I needed that release. But the what helped me about it was how other people identified with it mm. and the comments and the engagement I got around it was just, I mean, you must get it all the time as well. It's It surprised me how much people related to it and how it helped them feel seen. Yeah. And that's what helped me ultimately. And that's why I still talk about it today. I don't really feel the need to kind of go on the internet and be like, okay, so today I'm experiencing this and this because I've already told my mom or I've already told my yeah. best friend. But the reason I do it is because I want other people to feel that they're like they're not alone. Yeah. Because it can be incredibly lonely. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, like you said, the thing that you don't think people are going to care, yeah. or that people might be like, "Well, someone else has it worse." Yeah. I think so many people have that mindset as well that it just kind of exacerbates the issue. Yes. Of people thinking, "Well, I won't say anything because yes. I don't want to burden other people." Absolutely. And I also thought people were going to think I was lying. Because I remember, you know, people were just kind of starting to talk about mental health online and people were saying things like she's just doing it for attention and that whole situation. And I just, I'm not doing it for attention. It's actually really horrendous. Um, So that's why I'm just And what an awful thing for somebody to lie (laughs) about as well. Like, I really don't know why anyone would. So, but that was another reason why I didn't. But um, anyway, I don't really care what people think about that anymore. It's, I don't do it for that reason. So, yeah. yeah. Would you mind talking a little bit about your experience with panic attacks? Yes. Is you would mind? No, I don't no. mind. <laughs> okay. Um, Sorry. That's okay. So you you dealt with that at kind of like a, a younger age. Yes. Was that before moving here or? I had panic attacks in high school. Sometimes in the hallway of my school, I remember vividly. And and that time was more about social anxiety for me. I was very nervous. I was a very nervous little thing. I was just scared to even like go into the cafeteria. I was like socially stressed. I'm not like that anymore at all. Um, sometimes, but <laughs> but not not like hugely. But panic attacks, they're not a huge part of my mental health issue. I don't often have a panic attack. And when I do, I'm surprised. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm very surprised and I'm like, wow, that was rough. Although I had a panic attack recently. So I, I don't know, it's just, it, it comes and it goes, and I never really know when to expect those things. Mm. Uh, but I remember for my 
it was my birthday weekend in August, and um, I was in Cornwall with a special guest. And um, we were sitting in the car, and I just got a panic attack. I have no idea why. I still to this day have no idea why I was ha- having a panic attack. And I think that's the thing about them. Mm-hmm. You just don't know when they're when they're going to come. But I think everybody experiences them a little bit differently. I witnessed my mom's very first panic attack a few years ago, and she had never had one. She'd never had anxiety, and she had a panic attack. And she literally thought she was dying. Mm-hmm. And I took her to the hospital because. Even I didn't know what it was because that was the most severe panic attack I'd ever seen. She fainted. She, I mean, it was, I thought she had a heart attack and died. Seriously, it was a scary. I think I wrote about it in my book, actually. Mm. So panic attacks can look different for different people. But I think it takes, uh, yeah, I don't get panic attacks that often, thankfully, because they're awful. I've never actually had a panic attack. Yeah. But I have seen other people and it is like the most horrendous thing to watch yes and I don't well I'm glad that you don't experience them all that often I feel like whenever I do have one I just start off by crying and I I never know why I'm like upset you just kind of get yourself worked up and yeah and I don't even really necessarily even in my own head know why and then I'm like why am I crying like and then it's just kind of like the way I always say it, my brother says, it's like hamster wheeling in your yeah. own brain. And you're like, oh, this is so stupid. Why am I crying? And it's like negative self-talk. And next thing you know, you can't breathe. And everybody around you is like, are you okay? <laughs> and I'm like, I don't, don't, nobody look at me. I'm, I'm totally fine. <laughs> have you had them in public before? Yes. Is in like after school, I mean? Yeah, I have. I've had one, I had a really bad one in an airport once. I mean, it just happens. But I think, you know, my mom always says the same thing to me. And if I hear it again, Again, I'm just gonna kill her because it's like I've heard you say this, Mom. <laughs> She's always like, "This is adrenaline. I know what this is. <laughs> breathe in, breathe out." Literally, I've heard my mother say that about oh, eight million times. Her. I know. <laughs> as soon as she starts, "This is adrenaline," I'm like, "Oh, here we go." She's doing the adrenaline phrase, but, but that is what it is, you know. It's, it is, it's just yeah. The breathing too much. Yeah, you just can't mm. breathe. Yeah. It's so scary. So I really feel for those people who get those often. But I, I think. For me, it was one of those things I got a lot and then it just passed. Mm -hmm. It just passed because I just learned to breathe a little bit sooner. Well, that's good. Like you, it's good that you've kind of learned the tools to move forward and not carry it Mm -hmm. along with you. Do you feel comfortable talking a little bit about your mental health and relationships? Sure. Because I thought it would be really interesting as somebody who is online and has shared, you share a lot of your life yes. online, having a, a breakup kind yeah. of publicly oh, happen. That was brutal. Yeah. Like, I do often wonder, like, people watching that go down, what they were thinking, because that was for me. First of all, when you go through a breakup, you just usually go completely off the rails. Yeah. And I'm no different than anybody else. I became a different person. I was partying. I was doing very bad, naughty things. <laughs> very fun things, but equally, like, sometimes you just got to do what it takes to survive. And mm. in those days, it was tequila and a lot of it. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I often think back on those days, like, what was I doing? But when you go through something like that online, I think what people don't realize is the pressure of it. It's hard enough to go through it alone. And then even the the nice messages were intense for me, mm. you know. Which I obviously, sometimes they can be harder. Yeah. I think because I, if it's if it's people that have negative things to say, 
part of you can be like, no, put it in a box, leave it over there. But when there's people being so heavily resonating with what you're going through yes. or so, so much care for you, mm-hmm. that can be too overwhelming, I, agree. I think. And not only that, but it went on and it still is ta- being talked about today, almost two years later. So I still get comments of people saying like, so where's your, you know, where's this person and where's that person? And I'm like, we broke up two years ago, please. That's a lot for you to be able to move Seriously. So anyway, I vowed to never, ever put another person online again as far as a love interest. No way would I ever do it. You couldn't pay me three million pounds to do it. Wow. You will never see online the person that I'm dating. Amazing. I mean, but I do think that that is more enticing for these trolls. <laughs> and I'm always like, they're going to find these people. <laughs> but yeah, it's just, you know, which is, you know, I'm kind of okay with that, but I'm just, I cannot put myself out there in that way for people to judge a relationship. I do not know how people do it. No, it's it's a lot to have that yeah, pressure. it is. And do you feel like the, the breakup itself impacted your mental health yes significantly significantly yeah let's say it again significantly <laughs> you know breakups are so interesting because uh I was the relationship was so long we were together for nine years and through that time I had seen my friends and family members go through breakups and I was always kind of like okay you're obviously not meant to be together so crack on like you know mm. get over it kind of thing until it happened to me I had no idea how much that can actually affect somebody, especially a long relationship, I feel like, you know, because you've built a life with someone and then you have to figure out how to live separately. It is kind of like a mourning in itself, I think. It's a mourning. It's it's totally similar to grief, Mm. except you don't have really that closure because they're still there. (laughs) So in a way, it's I don't know if it's worse, but it's like on par. It's very upsetting. In a one way, I'm so grateful because it gave me a lot more empathy towards people who have been going through breakups. And I feel like I'm, I'm now kind of like more in tune with my friends who are having relationship issues because I get it now. Mm-hmm. So there's, I mean, that's the silver lining from, from that breakup. But yeah, obviously it was very hard. And I'd never lived by myself before. Yeah. So I got my new flat and... Um, then I was just kind of like, well, I don't even know how to use the freaking dishwasher <laughs> because I am a child. <laughs> you know, it was just like the little things that I would just like break down crying. Like I didn't know how to set up my Sonos speakers. And I was like, if I just had someone here, they can help me. You know, it was all those little things. But ultimately, it's made me, it has changed me. It yeah. has changed me. And for the better, I really feel empowered in myself and I do feel like I don't need someone as much as maybe I did before. Don't get me wrong, I crave attention. (laughs) I really would love somebody in my life to love me back, obviously. You know, everybody wants that and craves that. But I think it's kind of just, it's a little more independent now and I feel Mm -hmm. like it's it's taught me to have a better relationship with myself if yeah that makes sense. well because you were so young as well when you yeah. met like moving over to the UK yeah. and like I guess maybe you've had more time now to actually forge a life for yourself here yes that isn't just built on a relationship on, on you guys yes. yeah yeah absolutely and I have a I have a you know great friends and they feel like family now so yeah. it's good and how do you manage your mental health now well, I have to say, girl, 
It's not been a great week. Oh. It's not been a great week. <laughs> no, it's been fine. But I've definitely noticed that I've been in a rut with mm-hmm. certain things, and I'm on the way up. I'm on the up and up. But it's no, it's when you catch yourself, and you're mm-hmm. like, I think the first thing I want to do is say to myself, like, you're so dumb. Why would you let yourself do get down to the, like that level again? You know, like you know those signs. Like, what is your problem? And mm-hmm. it's all this negative thing. But I'm trying not to do that this time around. I'm just like, okay, we had a we had a few months of some down down days. <laughs> What can we do in the future to improve this? And I did one rebel on the weekend. Have you done this? No. That was a struggle for me to even get to the gym. Is it on the, like, bike? It it is on the treadmill. Oh, okay. And weights. Oh, no. I know. (laughs) (laughs) But I felt so good afterwards. I mean, I had to take a three-hour nap because I was so exhausted. Mm. Because when you're low... You know, these things are very hard. So anyway, but I did that. And it's just, it's so up and down. I literally, I can have a day where I'm on top of the world. And the next thing you know, I'm like, yeah, cancel everything. Mm. I'm staying home, you know. So, and, and little things can throw me. And I think it's because ultimately I'm not very balanced inside. So the little things, you know, when maybe you have... Like, for instance, I was almost hit by a cyclist this morning on my way here. That was completely my fault. But that's the kind of thing that would make me retreat. And I'm going home. Don't talk to me for the rest of the day. Yeah. I'm I'm done. I am done. But I'm trying to be a little more stable. I've started meditating. I, I do regular yoga. Yoga helps me a lot. But actually, my yoga teacher recently said, like, I think you're doing too much meditating and too much yoga. And I think you need to uh, get out of that brain. I think it's true. Wow. I think I think you can spend too much time in your own head. Yeah. Oh, well, 100%. Yeah. But. So, because I work from home. I live at home, obviously. Yes. <laughs> I very rarely see people from the outside world unless mm. I make a plan, which plans stress me out. Yeah. I don't have the energy for a lot of physical activity, and I my job can be very suffocating in ways, obviously – great in other ways but you know there's a lot of pressures there internal pressures and judgment and things like that so if I just keep doing yoga and meditating I'm already spending about 22 hours in my head you know Mm because I don't sleep so it's just like a lot so I just need to do things to get outside of my head and more in my body and I actually really appreciated my yoga teacher saying that and I think it's an interesting point yeah definitely on the point of like being in your head and thinking about stuff like do you or have you seen a therapist therapy I have so much to say on this subject (laughs) but I probably shouldn't say any of it I don't know why I've seen a couple of therapists I don't know if it's for me Mm. and I've said before the I had a therapist and I felt super judged by this person because it was in the middle of my wild times and I think some of the things I was saying were really shocking her and I was like if I was like this is just like the appetizer to my brain so I can't see you anymore like just I find it hard to connect with a therapist so Mm. truth be told I should probably find a therapist that I connect with but I literally can't make the time in my own it's hard, yeah. I think, that it's hard if you have therapist. a bad experience as well, yeah. to kind of get the gusto to be like, <laughs> let's put that brain effort into finding another one. Yeah. Like, it feels like it should be something that 
isn't so difficult yes. to do and find. I know. Yeah. Um, there must be a simpler way. Um, and also, the other issue I have with therapy is a lot of therapists demand face-to-face appointments. Right. Have you heard about this? Well, I would have thought that they would have been face-to-face anyway. Yes, but... For instance, if I'm traveling, they won't do like a FaceTime. Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, I travel Makes a lot. Makes it a lot difficult. Yeah, to, I cannot yeah. commit to every Monday. I, I can't even commit to every other Monday, you yeah. know? So it's it, that was the other struggle for me. And, and it just made me wonder, like, why is this so hard? Mm. So that was kind of where that went. I should revisit it. I really should. I've been pondering it. Yeah. Do you know, actually, my friend has... I don't know if it's through the NHS or how she's found it. And I'm going to have to, like, after this episode, I'll do the research and find it and link it in Entail. But she has an online person who she speaks to. And, like, they go through things together and, like, check in with one another. And they are a therapist. But I'm not sure how she does that. So that might be something that's, like, a bit more useful. That's interesting. Yeah, I'm annoyed that I can't remember what it's called. (laughs) No, it's fine. But, yeah, I just... I know it helps a lot of people. I'm sure it could help me, and I should probably try to get more involved in that. It's well, it is. It's one of those things. Like I've never had a therapist before for similar reasons to you. That even when I first tried to find a therapist to do it privately, I couldn't find anyone. Yeah, like I couldn't even find one. Uh, exactly. Yeah. And then I finally did find one. They're on the other side of the city. It's super expensive. It is very expensive. Yeah. And it's just the whole process just really frustrated me. Yeah, that I I, I completely yeah. agree with you on that. And I I would like to have the experience to be able to find somebody and it work because you do hear such amazing things from I people know. that do find good therapists. I'm like, where are you? And especially in New York because I've spent so much time there. I mean, everybody has a therapist. Yeah, I've never heard of anybody not having a yeah. therapist in it's New York. It's just the done thing. Well, maybe like on your vacations <laughs> yeah. over to New York, you could have a New York therapist. Oh man, I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know about that. But yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to to find a good therapist. That it's not about being good. It's just about somebody that suits yeah. the person. And I think that that's that is probably difficult yeah. because it's it's difficult enough to have strong friendships and relationships exactly. that you can speak to people about stuff so let exactly. alone somebody that's kind of not involved with mm-hmm. you in that way yep and and you said that you have had medication or that you yes. do you currently take medication I do I have been taking medication for years and I've kind of come off of it and on, and on it and I know it's a bit of a controversial subject uh, whenever I bring it up, um, I remember once I was on a panel and I said that I was, I take medication for it. And there was a, I think she was like a psychotherapist or something. And she was basically like, this country is too over medicated and this is ridiculous. You should not be on medication, blah, blah, blah. I was like so taken aback by that. So now I make it a point to like always tell people I do take medication yeah. because that's so interesting. I, it was really shocking. But anyways, you know, I, I think it has its place. I think potentially yes it is overused but at the same time you know when you're in a position where you can't function and something like that can help you I am all for that mm-hmm. I I've had instances where I've literally been like just like crying on the phone with my mom and be like I don't know what to do I don't know she's like I say just go to the doctor and get them but there's something about it that makes you think I should be stronger than this mm-hmm. I I should be able to get through this without medicine but actually like when you feel like you're literally drowning, 
you need a lifesaver sometimes. Yeah. And, and so that's how I feel about it. And I'm currently not in a position where I'd feel like getting off of it. Mm. So I'm not going to get off of it. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just one of those, one of those things. So mm. I'm an advocate for it, but I understand it's not, it's not for everybody, but it's, it's a tool to use while you figure out the rest of your yeah. stuff. <laughs> I think it's, it is a really interesting subject and I do wish that it wasn't such a taboo thing. I know. Because it isn't like, like you said earlier about having diabetes, like you wouldn't not take something for your cold or yeah, do you know what I mean? Exactly. Like you, you would take, if you, if you've not got the serotonin, yeah. if, if it's not there, it's not going to come back without totally, some help. Totally. And you know, I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying. And I know all those people out there who are also on the medication are trying every single day. We're trying, trust me, mm. it ain't easy. Yeah. So I just think, you know, you can't, you can't shame people for that. No. Have you tried different medications? I've tried a few different ones. I'm actually on like a very low, low dose of it. It's just, like I said earlier, enough to take that edge off. Yeah. Yeah, I've tried, I've tried a few and I found one that really works for me and I just go with the flow on that. Mm. One thing I will say is my doctor told me not to take it at night, take it in the morning. Yes. Which I, uh, yeah, I don't know why I didn't realize that before, but that makes a lot well, of sense. Yeah, I always used to take my tablets at night yeah. and then I would have, I wouldn't be able to sleep yeah. or I'd have horrendously vivid dreams. Yes. And then I was like, ah, I know. <laughs> I, they drop. should make that more clear. Yes, um, they should. Because that's a real, that's a real thing. So anyway, I started taking it in the morning and life is much better. <laughs> so to kind of finish the episode, for anyone that's been experiencing similar thoughts or feelings to how you feel or what you go through on a daily basis would you be able to share some kind of like tips I guess aside from um exercise and things yeah that make a bad mental health day better for you yeah first of all talking about it mm-hmm. is essential um I know sometimes it's very hard to talk about it especially with newer people in your life I've mm-hmm. noticed um I find it with my mom I can just like call her and like break down and or whatever I'm doing and, and just easily get into that but I find like you know with certain friends or people that I'm in relationships with it's like it's harder to talk about it but it's really important to talk about it and you do you are going to feel better afterwards even though it doesn't feel like you're going to be bottling that up is never a good yeah. a good thing so find somebody or a few people in your life that you can trust and feel comfortable talking to about it that is very very helpful and I think it, you'll be surprised at how much it helps so there's that in terms of sorry to interject but like in terms of like speaking to people about it is there anything that you find is helpful when talking about it like do you just kind of word vomit or <laughs> do you just want the people to kind of be able to say this is not a good day well i think it's important to be able to kind of have a line that you go to because i remember specifically not knowing how to broach the subject and mm. the first thing i said was i'm really not feeling well i'm not feeling myself or something like that and the person would be like well what do you mean like what's wrong and then then i feel like i kind of it's easier for me to word vomit rather than just like because it's like a wall almost um so i would just say like i'm really not feeling myself and you know usually the person will say like well what's going on and then you can kind of say like mentally it's this and this and this and i think also i usually try to say to people like 
you know, sometimes if I'm really scatty or like scatterbrained or something, it's because I'm like a little anxious, you know, and people start to notice those traits in you and they notice when you're feeling a little bit off. Mm. So I think that's a helpful thing to talk about with that. And I think also it's recognizing different traits in yourself when you're getting anxious. Like when I'm getting anxious, I'm like, if I have plans at seven with somebody, the whole day I can be like, well, can we just like meet at eight or maybe, you know, maybe we can meet at 6.30 or I don't know. (laughs) Well, can we meet at this station or can we meet at this station? And I start acting weird basically. Mm. And people have realized that. And the people closest to me are like, if you're not feeling up to this, that's fine. That's so good though. Yes. Because if people, if, if people can recognize how you're feeling yeah. and th- and you don't have to have that pressure on yourself to be like, it's not a good day, I don't want to. Exactly. Yeah. And I think sometimes in yourself, you don't even really realize it's happening. So it's just, I never want to let people down. And I feel like all I do is let people down sometimes, but that's how you can feel because, you know, you can't make that meeting or you can't go to that party or whatever, whatever it is. So I just think it's, so nice to be able to say to someone you know I'm not up for this and having that person understand yeah and it is possible to have those people in your life so there's that and what else makes me feel I mean I take a lot of baths (laughs) I I know people may not understand the power of a bath but I really find them healing Last night, after I drank way too much wine, this is another thing you shouldn't be doing if you're feeling anxious, <laughs> uh, I was like, you know, I think I just need to take a bath. And I took a bath, and I instantly felt more grounded. It's all about finding things within you that make you feel grounded, make you feel stable. So finding those things, it's different for everybody. Yeah. Have you ever tried the um, the Lush baths? What do you mean? They have, they have, a spa, they have spas. Oh, yes. And they have a treatment that's... It's an actual bath that Are you, you get in. Yeah, I I've not had one. I've had a massage. I've had a massage. Ma- I almost said massage. <laughs> I'd say massage. <laughs> I had a lush massage and it was really good. But yeah. I I have to say this. I don't like lush products. <gasps> Do you not? No. Ooh. I would. I I couldn't take a bath with a lush bath bomb. Is it too much? It's too much. Mm. I shouldn't say I don't like Lush products because there are some things I love. Yeah, but Lush bath products. I can't I can't cope. Fine. Maybe a Lush bath would not be <laughs> the one for you. <laughs> but if it's for you, then that's perfect. <laughs> no, that's really good. Is there anything else that you think helps at all? Well, I know we didn't really touch on um, like Instagram culture and social mm. media and the role that could play. Um, I just... I, yeah, that's so big. Yeah. That is so big. Like... I, it drives me insane when my mom is like, get your face out of your phone. Oh my God, I just, it kills me so much because it's literally my job and also I'm addicted. (laughs) (laughs) But getting off your phone, getting off the internet and going outside, Mm. I I can't even explain. And that's another reason why I need to get another dog because it was those moments of walking my dog outside, usually without my phone and being on planet Earth, mm. you know, I think it's a lot, so hard though. Like it it's, is. It's just saying it is like, oh, it's so simple. I know, but and it's doesn't not. that that sound lovely? But yeah. nobody does it. I no. mean, I'm I'm really guilty of it. I should have absolutely gone to Hampstead Heath this weekend and spent like a few hours in nature. Why didn't I? I don't know. So mm. I I know how hard it is, but it's like that really helps yeah. to be outside and away from the internet, which is dangerous. Mm. Do you? find that the 
being on the internet all of the time does have a negative impact on your mental health. Absolutely. I don't see how it couldn't. That comparison culture is just, it drives me insane. I am actually not so bad at comparing, but I see a lot of my friends, like we'll be like looking at Instagram together or something. And my friend will be like, look at her butt, look at her lips. She's gorgeous. I want that. I want this. And it's not only like people I know, it's comments I get of people be like, yes, queen, you're perfect. I want to be like you, your body's this or your face. My life would be complete if I just had your life. That is, I see it every single day. You know, it's, it, it's not good times it's not good times it's yeah it's a scary place to be especially when you work on online how do you strike the balance totally like because I want people to be interested in my life but equally I want them to realize that it's my life and you have your life which is equally as great I'm sure in its own ways so it's it's finding that I mean I think this was in um Amy Poehler's book, I can't remember, but she said something about like, it's good for you, but it's not for me. Mm. So I think that's like something that I've tried to stick to, which is like, I can see someone who's stunningly gorgeous or, you know, there might be like a twinge of like, not like jealousy, but like feeling envious maybe. And I always just try to like remind myself, you know, that's so good for that person, Mm. but like, it's not my, that's not me. Yeah. Like, but it's okay to be happy for someone else and praise someone else, but it's also like, you need to be confident in your own self. Yeah, and I think as well, like with the whole comparison nastiness, like that we can all be really guilty of, to just take a second and be like, why am I feeling Mm. like this green-eyed monster? And what is it that you actually want from that? That's what I try to do. If I'm like, if I'm jealous of something that somebody else is doing, I'd be like, well, why? Yeah, Try and work out, yeah, yeah, how I can make myself happier and less wanting to compare myself to other people agreed easier said than done it is yeah but thank you so much Esther I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me thank you for having me that's okay thank you so much for listening if you enjoyed the episode please rate review and subscribe and in the meantime you can find me on instagram at listen.louder I'd love to chat with you